You, my friend, have made a great choice by selecting this podcast. And there are other great choices, like the Hey Travelpreneur podcast, waiting for you at travmarketmedia.com. This is your travel radio podcast, dedicated to connecting you, the traveler, to travel professionals. You will hear from authors, destination specialists, linguists, CEOs, and travel advisors that can turn these experiences into your vacation of a lifetime. Questions? Comments? Suggestions? Please email info at travelradiopodcast.com. If you like what you are hearing, please leave us a review. Now, enjoy today's audio journey on the Travel Radio Podcast. and welcome to Travel Radio. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am privileged today to welcome Therese LaFletch to the program. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. This is your first time on this program, but this is not our first time interacting. I've actually been on one of your programs, which was so fun and a privilege, but um, for people that don't know you on my podcast, would you take a moment to introduce yourself? Yeah. So I am um, originally from Canada. I grew up bilingual where I spoke French with my father and English with my mom. And I have, I guess you could say, itchy feet. So I have pretty much lived in every major city of Canada. Wow. Um, I Florida for a couple of years and warmed up. Yeah. And <laughs> Those are some extremes for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and when I was uh, working in Florida... One of my colleagues introduced me to his brother-in-law, who unfortunately was just on vacation and lived in Paris. And so from Florida, we moved to France, and we are now in Germany. And when we moved to Germany, I did not speak the language. So I got myself, um, I started looking for jobs where I could speak English, which obviously led to teaching English. And okay. I clients that were business execs or owners. And so I created retreats for them. That's okay. So that's an interesting path. So I should have introduced this better, but Therese is on the podcast to talk about language retreats uh, and cultural retreats, which are her two specialties. And she takes people into the culture or a culture where they speak the target language in order that they can both be on vacation and have a language practice opportunity that's going to make a serious impact on their learning abilities. So um, anyway, that's I, I should have phrased or put that up front. So now, uh, would you give us kind of an, why someone would take a language retreat or a cultural retreat? How, who is this person and, and why are they doing this? Well, it all started um, with one of my clients who found out he was being transferred to Shanghai, and he mm. was transferred in six months. And he's an executive who I was seeing once a week, and honestly, we weren't making very good progress because when he would arrive, he still had his attention on the previous meeting or some sort of problem with an employee. And oftentimes, um, before the end of the class, I would like kind of perceive his assistant on the other side of that glass wall 
Yes. You know, like a notepad or something. So he was never really 100% with me. Mm. And we still had our home in France at the time. And so I invited him to come and spend a week with us in France and just immerse himself, which sounds odd because I took a German to France to learn English. Yes. <laughs> but the French don't speak German. And so I knew that he was dependent on me. Right. <laughs> and so he, um, yeah, he basically like moved into our house. We went on vacation together for a week and everything was English. We had breakfast. We went and visited chateaus. I took him to my favorite vineyard. And on the third day, he woke up amazed because he had partially dreamt in English. And that's when I knew like I was onto something with this. That's so that's what I've heard the goal is that you're starting to get fluent, you're starting to really get a grasp on the language when you start to have dreams in the target language. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Or when you start thinking in the language, you know, then you go like, Oh my God, I just thought it and it was right. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was wondering, cause you said he was moving to Shanghai, but I thought I didn't think that was in your language repertoire cause you are multilingual, but I didn't think that. No, I, not at all. <laughs> okay. But that's, but that was a really good idea. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about, so the idea is get someone out of a place where they can resort to their native tongue. Yeah. It's get them out of um, their comfort zone. But it's also the nice thing with the retreat is that you're not just speaking and listening or reading and writing. You're actually incorporating all of the senses. Mm. So mm. like I mentioned, I brought him to our favorite vineyard, you know, and so in the morning we did like a quote unquote classroom time, which was actually sitting outside on our prairie. But um, we had this like new vocabulary and I knew we were going to be going to the vineyard. So we had things like bold or, um, you know, acid, color, deep, like things like that. And then when we went to the vineyard, now he was actually seeing, smelling, tasting the vocabulary that he just learned. Mm. That's really neat. So, okay, well, that was his. Now tell us about a past language retreat. What would a guest expect a day to look like? So the morning we all kind of come together and have breakfast. Um, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the day where I find people make the most progress mm -hmm. because they're, they're not afraid of making mistakes because they have that excuse of, Oh, I haven't had my coffee yet or I'm not fully awake. And so they're more free. They don't protect themselves from mistakes as much. And so the discussion tends to be a lot freer. And then we move into like a classroom time uh, where we will review whatever vocabulary or grammar or just do exercises to, for like reading and writing skills. And then from there, there's a, uh, a, sorry, <laughs> there's, uh, there's an activity that has been chosen where they will now put their language into practice. And then depending on the level of the student, there may be free time. Or if the level is a little bit more advanced, then we continue with the day. And, uh, you know, we, we go back to the house or we may, you know, continue with our, with our adventures or discovery. And then we have dinner. And after dinner, then people are 
released. <laughs> they're allowed to go back to their rooms and watch a movie in their native language if they want. Or they're welcome to stay with the group and play a board game. Usually the houses that I rent have, you know, pool table or games room or swimming pool. So we can just all play together. So there seems to be some advantage in, uh, in my mind to having, uh, like continual lessons without any lapse of, yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I saw this myself, um, when I first moved to Germany, I was working full time and then I was taking like the weekly German lesson and it was horrible (laughs) simply because I would get to the lesson. I remember my first lesson, I was so impressed and happy with the progress that I made. Um, And then the following week when I got there, I hadn't thought in German for an entire week. So when I got into that classroom, even though it was a one-on-one class and thank God it was one-on-one, I actually spent a good portion of the class remembering what I had learned the previous week. Mm. And then I spent a little chunk of time frustrated with myself because I was like seeing the time go by, knowing that I was paying, you know, per minute, basically, Mm. and just being frustrated with myself for not. And so there's a lot of different things that for myself anyway, were going through my head instead of just concentrating on the lesson as well. Mm. So then there's not, there's no worksheets. You're not doing worksheet activity. Like if anything, it's a menu. You're reading off of a menu. During the retreats, actually I do um, booklets. Okay. So most of the, most of the retreats are like customized. So once we have the group together, then we see like what everybody really enjoys and likes. And then we will have a book that goes along where they can take notes Um, And then, as I mentioned, I mean, there's always new vocabulary being learned and things. So they will have that that they can refer back to. I also offer them um, like a a retreat journal because I really like for them to, at the end of the day, journal. You know, they learned what mistakes they made, how they made it, how they've learned, you know, from the mistakes or, or whatever it is that they want. Do you ever have whole families come? I haven't yet, but I would love to. I think that would be fantastic, especially a family that's moving to a new culture or like a family that's moving to Germany with language requirements for the kids in the schools. That would be really advantageous. It really would. And it would be so much easier for the children too. I think I've noticed this with my son. Um, So he's, he's trilingual, but his French is his weakest and he's nine. So we, you know, he's allowed to be lazy a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, every time we go to France, he'll start like reading or talking, but reading and writing, he doesn't understand because, you know, you've got the silent letters and Mm -hmm. different combinations. And yet when we go, if I pretend that my French is bad because it's Canadian French, we'll say, um, and I get him to teach something that he takes so much pleasure when he Mm -hmm. sees that he can teach me something And then he's ready to like spend the entire day speaking French. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kids do love to teach their parents lessons, don't they? I mean, my daughter with this loom band, we got her. It is the most painful experience sometimes, but at the end I've made something and she's just so super happy that I have this, you know, rubber band bracelet that she taught me how to do. (laughs) But she's, yeah. Anyway, they do love to teach. That's good. Oh, definitely. 
So what about a cultural retreat? What does this look like? Ah, uh, so this is my, um, my latest passion, I guess you could say. Mm. And it's just, I find it's a shame that we often go to, um, to cities and we don't get to see the real city. And it started with Paris. I've spoken to so many people that have had a bad experience of Paris. And um, it just breaks my heart because sometimes, you know, they have like saved and this is like their trip of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. They get there and either they have a bad experience or, you know, after the vacation, they get home and then they realize that there's this whole list of things they would have so loved to see, but didn't know existed before they went. Yeah, I mean, we're about to take five children to Paris. So, I mean... I'm not oh. quite sure how that's going to go. I've got so many addresses for you. I'll, I'll send you a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, have you ever gone, is it the world's largest indoor flea market? Is that? Yes. So there is <laughs> indoor, outdoor and we'll definitely talk because there's some incredible parts of there. And then there's also really dangerous area of there. Oh, don't want to get lost in there. Okay. Good to know. I've yeah. forgotten about it actually until we started talking just now, but I feel like that would be fun. So yeah, it could be very, very fun and it could be very dangerous too. So, okay. We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, what I understand is that you've com- concluded your language retreats for the year, but you do have culture retreats coming up. Would you tell us about those options? So there's a couple of um, retreats coming up in Paris. Okay, I've got okay. one at the beginning of May, which is going to be more um, geared towards like art and landmarks. And when you think art in Paris, you usually think of like the Louvre or Musée d'Orsay. But there are so many different art galleries there as well. And there's actually one that's immersive as well which I mean, for your children, they would just love it. And it's a great way to introduce people to art because Mm. you're not standing in front of a masterpiece. You're actually in this old foundry that's been renovated and art is around you. And it like comes to life this summer I went and it was on Van Gogh. And so you've got like music and you've got his artwork, like just being projected on all the walls, all around you, on the ceiling, on the floor. And this is something that we don't often hear about when we think of art in Paris. Or, you know, you can take a graffiti class and actually go and paint your own artwork in a designated area. They don't let you do it just anywhere in Paris. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That sounds really neat. So there's that one. And then there's another one in July, um, which is more around, like, fashion and cuisine we're going to do like a a cooking class and shopping because that's another thing with Paris is when you think of Paris you think of fashion and everything but you don't think of sales and they actually twice a year are allowed to have sales where like everything goes on sale you can go for Prada or Chanel or Gucci or like anything that you want but it's designated days and so I'm going to be taking people for the sales. That's crazy. Yeah. When we, the last time we were in Paris, we went with a friend who actually was mm, the, the English interface for L'Occitane. Okay. Yeah. So she was the marketing manager for them in the States. I think that's how that worked. But she, 
I mean, she loves French fashion and she was just telling us how she would, you know, except for those two times a year, if she was in the States, that's when she would do her shopping because they only have sales twice a year, which I mean, as someone who has small, you know, small business ownership in, in her background and my family's background, I'm like, I want to control when I have the sale. So that's (laughs) wild to me, but that sounds like an exciting trip. Yeah. And it's, I mean, this is the thing too, is the, like for Paris, for example, a lot of people think, um, unfortunately that the people are rude. It's very loud and dirty and there's a lot of pollution, which is true some of the time, depending on where you go. Mm. Uh, But there's also a certain time of the year when 80% of the Parisians are on vacation. They're all at the ocean Mm. and you can walk through Paris and like the, you can, the smog disappears and the noise pollution is gone and everybody is laid back on vacation mode and it's just a whole other world. I think, is that para, is that in February or August? Cause I think that we went there August. There's the, the last week of July and then August, but you have to be careful too, because like I said, everybody goes on vacation and so that means that some of the smaller boutiques or restaurants will be closed. Yes. You know, the lawyers are gone, the banks are closed, which if you're a tourist, that doesn't matter. But there are certain things that you have to be prepared for as well. Yes, I remember experiencing that and thinking, this is bizarre. But, you know, we were just rolling with the flow. So, you know, going with the flow. So it didn't, you know, we ate at what was open. But it, it's true. We could just walk right up to all of the places we wanted to go to and just go. So that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Well then, um, when do people need to deposit for these two upcoming retreats and what does that process look like? Um, so there's, I think you're, you've included my website, right? Yes. Please give it to us now. I should have asked for it at the beginning, but go ahead and give it to us. And on your profile, it'll be on there. All of your contact information and social media sites will be on there. Okay. So it's passport love lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um, lifestyles, plural, dot net. It's dot net. Mm -hmm. And there is a tab that says cultural retreats. And then you can simply mark that you are interested. Then we book a call because I want everybody to have the best experience there too. So I don't like just selling a pre-made package. Mm -hmm. I speak to people so that we can just, you know, give you the package and then we can do any tweaks or fine tuning that we need to do to make sure that you've got the best experience for your personality. Awesome. Uh, so I'll include that. And then you also have, you're pretty proactive on newsletters and articles and blogging and everything. How often do you put that out and where can people sign up for that? So there again, I mean, at the moment, um, I've got a couple of free gifts on the website. Okay. Once you get one of those, there's one that is the, it's got language learning tips for the different learning styles. Cool. Because we all have our own style of learning. And then there's another one, which is actually a bucket list guide at the moment, because a lot of people I find don't really know all of the options for travel or, you know, and so I put that together so they can really look at everything they want to see, experience, and do. And once you get one of those, then you're on the email list. And then, yeah, I, I keep everybody um, up to date when there's, you know, something is about to sell out or there's something new coming out. And then I like to share tips too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I saw one you did about like not feeling alone in the holidays, and that was nice. So, but um, also totally appropriate that you're on the program because you know we try to help people either realize their bucket list or or how to get that thing crossed off because a lot of times people know what they want to do. They just don't have the time to plan it or know how to plan it or it's intimidating. So either they want resources to plan it on their own or they want a professional that can plan it for them. So that's why we have folks like you on the program. So that's a that's a good resource and um, hopefully pe- people will go to the website and sign up for that. Yeah. Um, I give a little tip on the bucket list too? Yeah, please. One thing I've noticed um, from speaking to people about their bucket list is a lot of people have a bucket list and then they put it aside and they forget about it or they put it aside for after retirement and in digging. So it has come up several times where people just don't think they can cross things off because they think it's too big or, and so I tell people to like, just do a brain dump and just put everything there and then kind of, you know, not just prioritizing, but seeing what is the easiest thing that you can do. And start that way because once you check one thing off, it gives you a bit of momentum. It gives you a little bit more energy to have the confidence to do the second and then the third and the fourth. Because for a lot of people, I have found surprisingly that it's self-confidence that prevents them from doing a bucket list or from dreaming too big. Mm. Yeah, interesting because um, a lady that I had on two or three episodes ago, go from when this will post. I can't remember which order it's going to go in, but, um, or what order it's been in the past. Cause I'm putting out episodes every week now, but she runs a program for exclusively, um, single people that are baby boomers. Uh-huh. And, and she said that one of the things that prevents them from traveling is the confidence to go because they don't want to go by themselves. Or, you know, maybe they were married and a spouse has passed or something and they don't want to go by themselves anymore or they've never had a spouse, but they want to travel with like-minded people. So that's all she does is put together groups for baby boomers to, you know, and on that, on those trips, they, you know, they, they check things off. They learn languages, they learn instruments, they're doing a world cruise where they're doing all kinds of crazy things. But yeah, it's confidence is a, is a big one. So Anyway, that's yeah. that's good. Interesting, huh? Yeah. So, okay. Well, it's been really wonderful to have you on the podcast, and I would love to hear when you have another language retreat going and talk about the specifics of of that retreat, whether it be French or German, um, because I think it's. I mean, learning a language, like coming off of vacation with a language skill, just sounds so appealing to me, and I think it would be to a lot of listeners. So when you have those things uh, on the calendar again, please be in touch. And I'd love to put it out there and talk about it again with you on the program. Yeah, definitely. It's always so much fun talking with you. Yes. I hope we can talk again shortly in the future. And um, I will put all of your information in the show notes. Again, if you, when you on the show notes page, you'll see Teresa's smiling face in the top right click on that and it'll go bring you to all like her page and it'll have all of her contact information and social media sites there. So there you go. And Teresa, thank you so much, Megan. Yes. Thank you for being on the podcast. And if I don't talk to you, have a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. You too. Thanks. Favorite time of year. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's nice. All right. Well, this is Megan Chapa of the travel radio podcast saying good night. Bye.
You're listening to a Trav Market Media podcast. Questions, comments, collaboration ideas? Contact us at podcasts at travmarketmedia.com. Again, that's podcasts with an S at travmarketmedia.com.